If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Using science to debunk myths from the pandemic to climate fraud. Thanks for listening to Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Sky Dragon Slaying, where we bring you the truth on science and current affairs the mainstream would rather you didn't know. I'm John O'Sullivan, CEO of Principia Scientific International. As usual, joining me is Canadian astrophysicist Joe Posma. Now, we've said it countless times on previous episodes, we are living through dark times where my tyrannical forces are clamping down on dissenting voices who speak out against the oppressive mainstream narratives on forever fears about so-called disasters like dangerous man-made global warming, pandemics, gender issues. And that mindset kind of feeds into the insanity widely termed being woke. Um, now, we're delighted to have back with us uh, you know, a wonderful guest, Dr. Jerome Corsi. Jerome is a man of intellect. We've been battling this nonsense for many years. And he's written a new book, The Truth About Neo-Marxism, Cultural Maoism and Anarchy. And a good deal of Dr. Corsi's work. Uh, you call it common sense, you know, for those of us with a more open, liberal, critical thinking way of looking at the world. You know, these are out of fashion now. The liberal agenda, radical liberals would rather you fit in and don't rock the boat. Uh, Everything's about virtue signaling and not offending anybody. Well, on this show today, we are going to be not afraid to offend. Um, Dr. Corsi has published over 30 books on economics, history and politics, including six New York Times bestsellers, two at number one. From 2004 to 2016, Dr. Corsi was a senior editor at World Debt worldnetdaily.com, where he published hundreds of articles and widely considered a serious analyst on a wide range of topical matters. Good morning, Jerome. Great to have you on the show. Always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. I think you, uh, just before we came on air, Jerome, we were having a little bit of a laugh, you, me and Joe. Um, the Badge of Honor, we talked about the Wikipedia page. And I, I normally when I prepare for a guest interview i go and check out what the mainstream media media is saying about you and wikipedia is such a delight isn't it because you know when they trash your character you're over the target you know you're you're drawing the flak and you you cover so many subjects jerome i mean everything from the fake fossil fuel narrative uh, i love that the global warming 9-11 9-11 and you're always there you know you've always been very near you know the the center of news you know you had the the Miller affair, you know, you, you know, you were number one witness. Um, you know, they were going to get you, weren't they? The deep state were after you. Uh, Roger Stone was there. You were number one, person number one. Um, before we get into the nitty gritty of your book, j- just tell us what is it like being like enemy of, of the state? What was it like being at, you know, somebody that the mainstream really hate? Well, it, 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 you know, the Wikipedia page is always kind of humorous to me. I mean, I, I understand that they're going to hate me. The more hate they put out at me, the more attention it gets me. I mean, it's, you know, the, uh, I think eventually the lies the left has told are going to be, people are going to realize that the left ideas just don't work. In fact, they produce dystopia, they produce, you know, disease, they produce famine, wars. Uh, These are really noxious ideas. So the new book, The Truth About Neo-Marxism, Cultural Maoism and Anarchy, and the subtitle is Exposing Woke Insanity in an Age of Disinformation. Uh, it, the key point is we're living in an age of disinformation. The 
mainstream media, the intelligence agencies have colluded to create to construct these false realities. And in these false realities, they prompt people to action that's calculated to control us. So, for instance, the pandemic, which was a bad flu, but we didn't need to have a world lockdown on it. But the mainstream media with the echo chamber and the broadcasting of all these themes on a repeated basis, the same with the climate change movement. I mean, this morning I was looking at the Google articles on climate change, and now we've got this new uh, climate summit coming up in Dubai. And so suddenly they're out with the fear mongering, you know, the Antarctic melt, ice is melting. The world is not, it's not global warming, it's global boiling. You know, we only have so many years, we aren't combating the problem. Well, what it does is it produces for those who are not educated, for those who are younger, this fear that mommy and daddy, because you're using hydrocarbon fuels in your car, you're going to destroy my future. But they don't stop to think that the fundamental premise on which this is predicated, namely the carbon dioxide, is the turning knob of the Earth's temperature. And that because of the industrial revolution, we've been burning hydrocarbon fuels, we've been intensifying carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, therefore the Earth is heating up, is nonsense. It's just patently silly. I mean, the carbon dioxide is a is a minor molecule, 0.04% of the atmosphere. Water vapor is 70% of all global warming agents, chemicals. And the Earth has 600 million years ago had more carbon dioxide than it has today. Our Earth history shows we've had ice ages with more carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide is essential for us to live. If we don't have carbon dioxide, we don't have photosynthesis because plants absorb carbon dioxide, but at the heart of it, we exhale carbon dioxide. And so you get the point that this whole leftist movement hates people. It's a hate people, it's self-loathing. And they uh, believe we are the cause of our destruction, that we have to be controlled because we are inherently evil. We are inherently detrimental to the economy, to the environment. This is just, this is so twisted thinking. My new book shows how it comes out of Marxism how we're going through a cultural revolution, how it's aimed, these ideas were constructed to be destructive, and they're having their effect. And we've got to reject these ideas because they aren't true, and they are seriously dangerous. John, yeah, if you don't you, mind, like, yeah, that's... I'm, I'm itching to bring you in, John. Right, no, that's I mean, so good. In the chat, you just typed what, exactly what I was thinking. You, you were saying, Jerome was wonder, giving out a wonderful summary of the scientific a position of us skeptics. Joe Posma, you're a Canadian astrophysicist. You worked for the Canadian and Indian space agencies. You are, you know, somebody who really is a hardcore scientist, a professional scientist. And you've been at this global warming game, like myself, 13 years, good 13 years. It's damaged your career. You risked your career because you dared to go against the narrative. Um, yeah, give us uh, your, your supplementation to, to the points, the great points Jerome is making. Well, he just hit so many good, great points there. Each one could be a section for the show. I mean, it's just, I love, so I love how he said, uh, Jerome, uh, that leftist ideas don't work. And so, you know, you take examples, even peer review as science is kind of a leftist idea because it's just, you know, makes it consensus, right? What is science? What is truth? It's just consensus. And you can write a paper to peer review, which is a perfectly obvious, great scientific paper. 
And uh, they'll just say, well, that's not what the prevailing literature says. And they, they will reject new papers on those grounds, specifically on those grounds, not on the truth content, not on the rational content on mathematical analysis. They will simply say it does not follow the prevailing peer-reviewed literature. And that is the reason why we're not going to publish. That's a perfectly leftist idea. And what does that do for truth? What does that do for free speech? It obviously destroys it. So you're so right when you say that the leftist ideas uh, don't work. And not only do they not work, uh, they're dangerous and they are destructive, right? So you take this uh, this climate change, for example, and this vilification of carbon dioxide, and they now have plans. There are now um, these factories, these basically atmosphere factories or atmosphere modulation factories that they're building. There's one in California, um, and they're probably all over the world now. Um, they're basically giant um, systems that suck in huge volumes of air and suck out, remove the carbon dioxide from there because they're saying that this is what's good for the environment is to get rid of carbon dioxide. There's other firms which are genetically engineering new designer life forms uh, of bacteria, which instead of living off of, you know, the usual things carbon or uh, bacteria might live off of, such as, uh, you know, sugars and proteins and things like that, this new bacteria that they want to develop, that they are developing, will live off of carbon dioxide. So what happens if a bacteria, I mean, maybe not everyone is familiar with, you know, how bacteria live, but they're kind of like an unstoppable force. You release bacteria into an environment where there's food and it's a microscopic life form. It exponentially replicates until all food is consumed. That's how Petri dishes work, right? They will exponentially replicate until they have extracted all of their food source and then they die. So what happens when a bacteria like that gets accidentally released into the atmosphere or into the environment? It will exponentially replicate until it sucks all the carbon dioxide out. And they will tell you, this is great. They will tell you, this is the best thing we could ever do for the environment. And of course, Jerome, what is carbon dioxide? It's the basis of life. It's the basis of photosynthesis. Carbon dioxide is the molecule by which carbon enters the biosphere from the lithosphere, like the lithosphere is the inert chemical elements. Carbon dioxide through photosynthesis with sunlight and water is the mechanism, the vector by which inert matter turns into living life in the DNA molecule uh, based on carbon. That's how it works. So you're talking about the fundamental basis of life. And they'll tell you straight to your face that this is what we need to remove from the atmosphere. And you don't need to remove all of it to stop life from happening. You just need to get down to like half of where we're at now. In fact, before carbon dioxide started increasing 100 years ago, which seems to be from for natural reasons, which we don't understand yet, um, it was getting low enough that you're getting to that point where photosynthesis would have you know begun to struggle and would have stopped happening you need a certain concentration of carbon dioxide in order to in the air for photosynthesis to work so what happened and they want to get rid of it completely so not only that they're also engineering these uh solar sails they they want to engineer giant so well they're doing stratospheric engineering obviously where they uh you know blood out the sun with uh, st stratospheric aerosols and things they also want to build a solar sail uh, at a lagrange point which would be between us and the sun between earth and the sun to blot out the sun and they'll say this would be the best thing for the environment so yes uh to your points excellent points they say that these things are good for the environment when in fact they're the ultimate ultimate yeah. form of destruction yeah, to round off your wonderful um, scientific um, support there of Dr. Corsi, I, I want to chuck in a quote, an actual quote 
from Dr. Corsi's new book. And um, yeah, you, you, it relates to very well to what you just said. It, you, you're saying it in, in these times, I'm quoting, in these times, we must remember that the heaven on earth, these globalist oligarchs seek to create will be hell on earth for the rest of us. Now, and you're saying the woke believe social justice, critical theory will liberate us. Without understanding the evil monsters who created this ideology, they did so to enslave us. The social justice ideology is the great apostasy that will bring devastation to all nations of the world. And I think it's fair to say, uh, Jerome, that we are kind of re re realistically on the cusp of World War Three, aren't we? These people were quite willing to push us over the edge into World War Three to you know, either take us down their road to their dystopian agenda or just wipe us all out. I mean, what do you say but to that? At, at, at its heart, the left is a depopulationist movement. I mean, if you go back into what I, in this new book, I trace the, in my two books, this is the second book of what I call a great awakening series. The first book was the truth about energy, global warming and climate change. And I point out this whole movement started when you've got John Holdren, who was in, who was a nuclear physicist, a very brilliant nuclear physicist combined with Paul Ehrlich, who did the population bomb in the 1960s. And they developed this Malthusian idea that there are too many people and we are the blight on the earth. We'll use up all the earth's resources. And so therefore we need depopulation. We need global government control. We need all kinds of abortion. We need to limit family size, etc. So the idea that they want to attack carbon dioxide, you know, John Holdren said, we've got to have an existential threat. Otherwise, people are not going to listen to us. So they decided that if they picked on carbon dioxide, if they picked on hydrocarbon fuels, to get us to stop using hydrocarbon fuels, they knew we would kill millions of people, probably billions of people, because they could also then demonize nitrogen fertilizers. It would, it would limit the ability to produce agriculture around the world. And when they you say all these geoengineering projects that they're creating are good for us, they're good for us because... This woke left wants to eliminate people. At the very end of this, the woke will be the useful idiots and the World Economic Forum oligarchs who think that they and their machines, my third book will be on transhumanism, because where they're headed is they think that they can, these this elite, you know, Bill Gates group, Klaus Schwab group, can merge themselves with, with computer AI to produce a ubermensch, you know, Nietzsche now gets full reign here, and they can produce a superhuman being. With, with their machines, they can produce everything and not have to work, and they don't need the rest of us. We're all useless to them. And so, therefore, all of these ideas are truly engineered in order to destroy, and then they're sold to a gullible group of people as a mass, almost hypnosis phenomenon based upon the fact that they start out by getting rid of God, getting rid of the family, getting rid of moral education, you know, attacking God and saying that fundamentally they can be in control and perfect the world with their science, even though their science is not truth-based and they get rid of education. So the people that they are now gendering fear and fear is their tool you know, it's, it's completely anti-biblical. The Bible continuously says, fear not. That's continuously the message of the Bible. I mean, we're all doomed to die. You know, the, they think these globalists think that they can even transcend you know, perpetual life. 
They think they can use artificial intelligence and extend themselves. So this whole thing is insanity at its core, but it's very seductive because it's been crafted psychologically in brilliant ways. And I show in the book, it's emerging of neo-Marxism, of Maoist cultural revolution, and postmodernism, in which the postmodernists believe there is no objective reality, and so therefore we can posit the values we want. Baudrillard, for instance, who says that there is, you know, there there is only the simulacra. There is only whatever our language game happens to create it to be. Wittgenstein, and so basically you get a situation where the schizophrenics rule. Because no matter what gender you think you are, everybody else has to go with that or else you're committing a microaggression. So any bizarre idea you have, as long as it fits into these ideas, which are designed to destroy family, destroy God, destroy capitalism, destroy productive activity, will result in killing millions of people or billions of people. They'd be happy with a few hundred thousand as long as they had the machines to produce their food and everything else. And they had the machines to be super intelligent. So we're, we're into a intentionally suicidal period of time that the woke left has engineered brilliantly. And they're using all these Marxist techniques in order to make social justice, not about social justice, but about destroying cultural values that work. That's the fundamental point. None of these ideas work. None of these work. Dr. Jerome Corsi, you're giving us a live introduction to your book on TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. I don't know if you're aware of the so-called protests that took place at the gates of the White House, where uh, red paint, supposed to be blood, was uh, thrown at the uh, gates. The gates were being um, grabbed and and shaken back and forth. Uh, You had F Israel painted on uh, on the wall of a building. You had a statue in Lafayette Park defaced. You also had chants of F Joe Biden. And yet, with all that, and I think of January 6th, and there were some people who deserved to be arrested, certainly on January 6th, but they're still going after people who simply walked into that building and did nothing. Uh, and yet you had one person arrested during that whole episode that I just described in Washington, D.C., at the gates of the White House and in Lafayette Park over the weekend, Saturday. It sounds pretty incredible. The Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14, and I watched her struggle. But MDA helped her get the best treatments and care, and they also help kids like my buddy Ethan. My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. AMDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at mda.org today. At the top of the hour, we'll keep on top of the news. It's the most important thing we can do. On today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Hi, welcome back. Uh, We're very happy to be having a good chat here with our good friend, Dr. Jerome Corsi. 
Um, Dr. Corsi's new book, The Truth About Neo-Marxism, Cultural Maoism and Anarchy. we're we're covering a lot of ground, Jerome. Um, we talked out just before the break. We talked about spirituality, and Joe Posma made a very good point in the chat in the chat in in the background that uh, they they actually the the globalists the uh, the work brigade they are very much against the concept of um, spirituality. They don't like us to form our kind of old fashioned views, conservative views about the family, you know, collective worship, that kind of thing. Um, I'm sure you think that's all part of the plan, isn't it, really? Oh, it, it certainly is. I mean, uh, Karl Marx was not an atheist. He hated God. He hated God for not l- letting him be God. I mean, it's fundamental, you know, Gus Garden of Eden. Uh, they say, well, we, we're going to eat the forbidden fruit because God doesn't want us to perfect the world. We just knew this knowledge we could perfect the world. Uh, the, the reality and this postmodernism, I think, is fundamental to understanding the woke combination with Marxism, also the the Frankfurt School, and they're bringing Freud and sexuality into it because they want to say that uninhibited sexuality is really the liberating factor, and it's it's so insane. Fundamentally, what the what this whole left rejects uh, that our existence is a spiritual existence, and even if you deal with the physics whether it's fractal math, you know, where you go deeper and deeper and deeper to try to measure, the measurements get longer. Uh, string theory, eventually, when you get into subatomic particles, quarks, and all these other subatomic particles, you're getting down to basic energy. You know, when you deal with quantum physics, we're, we're in a quantum world. It's not a physical world. It looks physical to us because this is what our senses are formed to adapt to our vision of reality. I like to explain that a dog or a bird experiences reality differently. So fundamentally, we are in a spiritual world of energy. And uh, this will be, I think, more fully understood in the next 100 years or so as we get supercomputers and quantum theory becomes more fundamentally understood and we do begin to explore some of these ideas of you know, the subatomic world going into just pure energy. But the fact is that we are born, we don't know where we came from, we don't know who we are, we don't know where we're going. But inside each human being is a spiritual awareness that uh, there's more to this, and it has to do essentially with God and existence, and it is a special state which we don't fully understand, we probably never will fully understand. You know, yet we sleep every night and we don't know where we're going then either. So the idea that this is just a material existence is fundamentally flawed and well, the these, idea that go ahead please you, you, well you get the impression that these people really hate the idea of a spiritual world um yes, and yeah the, they're called materialists I philosophically you just call these people materialists it's called materialism and yeah you have people like ray kurzweil who yeah i mean their greatest dream like their their greatest driving dream if you can comprehend it is they basically want to be your smartphone they right. dream that they could live inside this thing and they just think god could you imagine if i was a computer oh that would be so great i would just love to put my mind in a computer i could be this smartphone wouldn't life be amazing as a smart like what is wrong with these people anyway and there's so much history uh, i mean there's so much evidence in history of uh yeah like you were saying of the existence of a spiritual world and yeah sure maybe they don't like christianity 
But go to the Greeks then. The Greeks had a wonderful spiritual system. The Greeks, you know, were deep spiritualists. And they said that the part, the, uh, who was it? Plato said that the part of you which is immortal, and you would think these people would like this because they claim to be for reason. Plato said that the part of you, of your soul, your mind, which is immortal, is guess what? Guess what? The part of you that reasons. You would think that that would be the most wonderful, liberating religious concept for them, but they reject that too, and they just want to be a smartphone. They're like, they just want to want to have their mind to be a smartphone. Well, these people—that's right. Like they're psychologically damaged. They're really quite damaged people, aren't they? Yes, and they think they can put chips in their body, which will permit them to think like a smartphone. And you yeah. know, this is these ideas have over time been proved over and over again to be just destructive ideas. They lead to war, they lead to destruction, they lead to death. Uh, you know, the the Ubermensch ideas of Nietzsche were essentially fundamentally madness. I think he was psychologically ill, that he you know they hate the idea that we are mortal. They hate the idea that this experience doesn't last forever, that nothing you can't take anything out of this experience except the experience. That's the only thing you get here is the experience. They hate that. They want it to be. They want to be rich. They want to be wealthy. They want to live forever. They want to dominate. They want to control. Well, that leads to wars. That leads to all kinds of destruction. And yes, we're on the brink of World War III because these people will have nuclear war. They will. They will engage in it, and thinking they can survive. They only want to destroy. It's fundamentally evil. It's fundamentally satanic. It's almost like chronic insecurity I'm picking up with what you're saying. It's almost like they're chronically insecure people. Yes, and they something. can only be, they can only, they have to be dominating others. They have to be in control of all the ideas. They have to permit no dissension. I mean, the fundamental reality of science is that it is always not fully determined. And it always is subject to question. I mean, you know, we, we've had, Brilliant expo expositions of this. Thomas Kuhn's on his ideas on paradigms was revolutionary in terms of the philosophy of science and making everybody realize that no matter what paradigm there is in science right now, there is a, another superseding idea that we haven't achieved yet that will fundamentally alter reality. And, uh, you know, look at it, it, Edward Teller, who you know, wanted to do a hydrogen bomb when Oppenheimer knew they first had to do uranium bomb or plutonium bomb because you needed that to do explode into creating the, the chain reaction for a hydrogen bomb. Now, by the time Teller got what he wanted, now we're into thermonuclear war at a massive level. And, you know, the idea that Teller or any of these people were in any way doing something positive, as soon as you get this negative idea that takes a hold of it, you know, this I evil idea that we can be in control of this reality and make it perfect, that's, we, we've now given them the weapons of self-destruction. These are people who think that carbon dioxide is noxious and we exhale carbon dioxide, so therefore people are noxious. They're fundamentally self-loathing. And, you know, the whole idea of this dominance, Mao's cultural revolution, Mao's great leap forward, which killed millions of people, destroyed a glorious culture, destroyed Confucianism, Taoism. I mean, this was destructive in, ter in terms of the entire culture of China, which has not yet recovered from that, that setback. That was intended. The high ideas that the people who created these ideas, woke ideas, 
did so in order to delude a group of gullible people who are not well-educated into believing a mass hypnotic phenomenon that makes them automatons going along, destroying, and not with any criticism. They won't, won't permit criticism. Well, fundamental to science, fundamental to truth, is you've got to be able to hear things you don't want to hear. You've got to be able to take on ideas that challenge what you believed or posited. And if we didn't do that, we would still be believing that, you know, the sun revolves around the earth. There's fundamental changes in reality that we have experienced as human beings, and, and the pace of that will continue to accelerate in terms of our comprehension of reality if we are allowed to return to real science and forget about this silly idea that there's consensus in science. There's only consensus in this this woke postmodernist idea that since there's no objective reality, we have to agree. It's, we have to imagine the future. Like John Lennon said, let's imagine no God. Let's imagine no boundaries. Well, I'd rather imagine a world with no John Lennon. <laughs> I, mean, I think we, we need to fundamentally get back to criticizing and being able to criticize everything. Well, on the point well, about free speech, sorry, sorry, John, do you want to go? I can just, yeah, so there was, yeah, I, yeah carry on. Okay, yeah, so a couple professors now at, I'm trying to find, the yeah, Arizona State University. So now, yeah, on the point of free speech, so we have this idea that a university is supposed to be the, the bastion of free speech. I mean, that, that, that ship sailed long ago, decades ago, probably. Now they're just openly writing against it. So state, uh, Arizona State University, a couple props writing there, um, that uh, free speech on campus should be abandoned. And then, so, you know, people are asking them, interviewing them. It was John Turley, actually, you're probably familiar with him. He, uh, you know, wrote to these professors. This is an article in Zero Hedge a couple of days ago. Yeah, and he just said, you know, why, why, why the change? And they said, well, <laughs> it literally comes down to them saying, well, because people might say things that we don't like. Right. Microaggressions. Down, down to that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they really had no justification. Well, the um the, I, the key this let me this started with Marcuse and who really posited Marcuse in the sixties he was old at that time but he became a kind of cultural cult hero and he wrote an essay called Repressive Tolerance in which he argued that we can't permit these repressive ideas like God or family to be expressed because they will tarnish the utopian ideals that we are positing, that we are imagining. So imagine a world without police, as if that could be a glorious state in which everyone will be copacetic, we won't have crime because the police aren't repressing people and minorities. Well, what it results in is anarchy. And the point of my book is that when you go through this chain from this neo-Marxism and the cultural Maoism combined with postmodernism, what you get is anarchy because the schizophrenics are in charge. And they do not want to tolerate criticism. They don't not want to hear an objection to what they want to believe is true. It's what they want to believe is true. What they've taught to believe is true will ultimately destroy millions and billions of people, which the creators of these uh, these evil ideas had in mind to begin with. That's the point. Yeah. Can I just jump in, gentlemen? Because I think that your um what you're kind of getting across is uh, the idea that they have to subvert traditional values and tr traditional methodologies. And one of the things that we've been working so hard at the last 13 years at Principia Scientific is, is defending the traditional scientific method, because if you have a, a core set of principles and the mechanism to test 
these proposals, these so-called hypotheses and theories of how to live. Um, and you can quite easily find out whether it, it holds water. And one of the things you might agree with this, Jerome, but one of the, one of the wonderful scams that they brought in about 30 years ago, but I think about 30 years ago, it came on the scene was post-normal science. Um, I think it was uh, Funtowitz and Rabbits. They proposed the um, concept that um, so much is unknown, um, um, policy being what it is, science in the service of policymakers has to be proactive. Um, because we're living in this new age of uh, always a crisis, then we have to empower policymakers to take the best available advice. And again, it, it's a very clever, it's, it, to me, it's a stalking horse. It's like um, the, the wooden horse of Troy. You know, you're, you're bringing in these so-called experts and, and always it points to experts, isn't it? The validation of policy by these elite, so-called elite scientists who, again, are using the very terms that... Um, Hunterwitz and Rabbit said, and um, I'm trying to pull up that quote, but in, in essence, that um, they're arguing that um, when, uh, and I'll try and quote that, a novel approach for the use of science where facts are uncertain and values in dispute. And um, because policy and politicians must act decisively in the wider interest, I think that, that's the key, the greater good. And I think that's where they have their trump card, isn't it? They argue for the greater good. And well, subverting it, individuality to the greater good is where they kind of get one over on us. Do you agree with that? A, a lot of this, yes. A lot of this started with Rousseau, and C.S. Lewis called it scientism. And the we intelligence agencies have picked up on this. They can construct a reality. They can create a crisis. Okay, so 9-11, the buildings come down. We blame it on, you know, radical Islamic terrorism. And now the whole population immediately catches on to that narrative. So it's the creation of a narrative in which the, you can then have the intelligence agencies which have created the narrative and also control the influencers, the scientists who are on the payroll, that this is the narrative we're going to go out with. And the values that are posited are the values that are intended to be the outcome and the reason why the reality was created in the first place. So you're living in a Truman Show. You're living in a reality that was created in order to manipulate behavior and the outcome of this behavior is destructive. Let's go to war in Iraq. Well, wars don't really ever settle anything. Wars just produce the basis for the next war. All the people, the hatred that all the people killed on one side or the other side decide they want revenge. And so this is insanity. And human beings, look, we go to the Ten Commandments. You, th you start thinking about, okay, the Ten Commandments say, you know, don't kill, don't steal, don't have desires on your neighbor's wife. You step back and say, do we really have to tell human beings this? These things should be self-evident, that these are bad ideas. You know, that you know, if you're not satisfied with your own wife, you're not going to be satisfied with your neighbor's wife. You ought to figure that out. If you start lying, there's no basis for any reality. I mean, these are so simple. But the point is, again, if we go back to the Bible, the fundamental reality is human beings are not, we are failed creatures in a fundamental way. We are prone to error. We are prone to do the wrong thing. The only curative of this is moral education from the time someone's a child to begin instilling fundamental values. I mean, talk about Aristotle and Plato, the Nicomachean ethics. Aristotle understood this fundamentally. Aristotle was the one who said you need a the balance of three branches of government because you can't let any one branch of government get too strong. He created the legislative, executive, and the judicial. 
And and he said, you've got to start with the education of children. You have to get them to have a moral purpose. Um, Plato in the Laws, which is a wonderful book, probably best understood, read when you're older, has a fundamental understanding of the need because of human nature, the need to constantly reinforce the benefits of moral life. Why does moral life work? Because these are principles upon which if we follow them, they're productive. They produce growth. They produce uh, wealth. They produce advances in every field of endeavor. These other set of ideas are negative. They're seductive, but they're negative, and they destroy. And, they, and human beings have a choice which ones they want to follow. Right now, we're in an age that has followed the evil ideas, and it's made it the norm. And political correctness will have cancel culture and anybody who dares to object. I object because I'm possibly writing books not for today, but for the future. I've never been sure my books will be understood until after I'm long gone. Because again, this is an age of disinformation, and the public is not ready to hear them. But fundamental truths haven't changed yes go ahead i'm sorry joseph go ahead please i just said that is a quote from nietzsche <laughs> yes it is and then nietzsche understood nietzsche wanted uh you know he wanted to be beyond good and evil he wanted to say that these ideas that have conventionally been created of morality are i don't have to follow them i'm above this i can have affairs i can do drugs i can do whatever i want to do because i'm superhuman. I'm ubermensch. I'm above these men. These human beings are petty creatures who have to follow these silly rules. I don't. Well, that's again fundamental to the idea that is behind the World Economic Forum, and it results in you'll own nothing and you'll be happy because I own it all and I'm going to tell you what to do. And the last thing I'm going to tell you to do is kill yourself because it'd be just easier if you did that. We didn't have to worry about it. So we'll have euthanasia. And we'll make you euthanasia. That'd be the best thing you could do for you. Want to do something for you? Healthcare. Right. We'll give you British health, socialized healthcare, and you'll die because you can't get to see a doctor. You're waiting in line too long. What well, was created to do that? You know, that's 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 the. You know, we we can't use nitrogen fertilizers, and you have to get rid of cows because they fart methane. So destroy your food source. These are really bad ideas. And once, though, people are inculcated to think that carbon dioxide is noxious, which, Joseph, as you pointed out, is fundamental to the life chain. It took Earth billions of years to be able to have photosynthesis occur on the Earth. For 80% of Earth's history, nothing lived on the surface of the Earth. Precambrian Earth was not a particularly favorable place for life. And the Earth is not adjusting its temperature to make us happy. We had five mass extinctions before human beings ever walked on the surface of the earth. As far as the earth is concerned, we're just the latest group of creatures walking around. What, what it's going to be in the future, nobody knows. It's a cataclysmic place. Mountains have risen, continents have shifted, asteroids have hit. And uh, by the way, oil is not a fossil fuel. No fossil ever made a barrel of oil. It's a silly idea. Yeah, yeah. These are I, I want to get fundamentally... These ideas, Jerome, that everything, to me, I mean, I've been in this, this game, conspiracy theory game, but they, they we wear that hat with pride now. Um, we've been told for many, many years to believe the official narrative, and it's so much of what we're lied about. 
it seems to be spun by the same authors. It seems to be spun by, spun by the same people in authority. And I think like Joe and I keep coming to the point, we, it's evil versus goodness. And I think that's a point I'd like to get back to in a moment. But um, we're going to take a short break. This is TNT Radio. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. I've been in and around politics for over 50 years, so it takes a lot to surprise me, much less shock me. But I was shocked, shocked, not that so many Argentines voted for Javier Malay, but that the Peronist powers that be allowed him to win the election. And the thing that made me the happiest for my Argentine friends is the video that Malay put out where he went down the row of a magnetic board that had all the Argentine government ministries listed and all the irrelevant ones, pulled them off the magnetic board over his shoulder, they're gone, no more. That's exactly what we need to have happen here in the United States. We need Donald Trump back in January of 2025 to streamline our government. We need to move the Department of the Interior actually out into the interior. We need to move the Department of Agriculture to where we commit agriculture. And most importantly, we need to defund and disband FBI and distribute its law enforcement functions to other agencies that have their own law enforcement capability already stood up. Can't have Donald Trump back fast enough. I'm glad that Malay is going to make Argentina great again. We need Donald Trump here to make from MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days. They haven't drank anything. They're cold, they're dehydrated. But remember, there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into your unit and we have all four of your cats who, uh... <laughs> okay. And around the world for any animal, any disaster. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready. Using science to debunk myths. From the pandemic to climate fraud. Thanks for listening to Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio. Uh, welcome back. Uh, the conversation with Dr. Jerome Corsi, we, we've come moved away from the um, concept of uh, the destruction of the education system. Uh, Joe, Joe Posma, you and I, we constantly referred to the crisis in academia. You um, worked re- till recently at the University of Calgary. We, you know, you've had an issue there with them because you spoke out against the global warming narrative. Uh, myself, I worked as a high school teacher in the UK for many years. Um, we were having to conform with this nonsense. And a, a lot of what we've thought about this, in uh, reflecting on doing this show now for two years, Joe, uh, it keeps coming back to spirituality and good versus evil. And um, I don't think you can just sum it up any any more concisely than that. And I, and I feel that, uh, Jerome, you've made some very good points. Um, the neo-Marxists, they, they hate religion. They, they can't be their God. They can't be God. They resent the fact that uh, we are mortal. We have a short time on this earth. Um, there's some kind of psychopathy there. It's a deep psychopathy. My instinct is, Jerome, you may or may not agree with this, but um, the very mindset that makes you a billionaire suggests that you are certainly somebody who's definitely either psychopathic or sociopathic, because what need do you have for such wealth? I, I don't know. There's a lack of generosity of spirit there, isn't there, to accumulate such wealth to the to the disservice of others? Do you, do you think that's a common trait between the, the people who push these agendas? Well, I think the aspiration to have great wealth concentrated is a 
trait of the people who want to live forever. They want to achieve something which makes them <clears throat> supernatural here on earth. And that's always been a problem in human beings. And uh, the, the point, you know, I want to comment on the fossil fuels again, because I think it illustrates how silly these ideas are. Uh, the In the Weimar Republic, the uh, the chemists in Germany formulated the Fischer-Tropsch equations, which are very simple equations that show how oil is created in the mantle of the earth. It's synthesized. They were able to produce uh, petroleum products from coal in Germany. Germany did not have a lot of oil. They had abundance in coal. It's very simple. You take something with carbon and something with hydrogen, you form a catalyst like iron oxide in uh, great temperature and great heat. You get a catalytic reaction that produces straight chain hydrocarbon structures. And that's a whole family of hydrocarbon structures. And that includes petroleum products. And it's a very well understood product. It doesn't require in the last step an incantation where you throw in some chicken parts. It's not required. There's nothing biological about oil. No biological product ever disintegrated into a higher form of energy. It would violate the second law of thermodynamics. The point is, when we die, we decompose into constituent chemicals. We stink. That's why we're buried. You don't say, line that casket, Aunt Matilda's going to turn into diesel fuel number two. Never happens. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the idea that dinosaurs, that then leads us to say, well, you know, then you get the Hubert's curve and said, there's only so many dinosaurs, so there can only be so, many oil, so much oil, we're going to run out of it. Uh, we need to go back to... A, a brilliant resource economist, Julian Simon, who fundamentally said, we're not going to run out of anything on Earth. By the time we have used a lot of it, our technology improves, we'll be able to economically get more oil or coal than we were earlier able to get. We'll find there was much more than we thought there was. And by the time we think we're running out of it, we'll have a new form of energy, which will supersede it, like nuclear energy. Mm. Uh, Julian Simon said the most scarce resource on earth is human intelligence and that's why you know if you have an increase in population you increase your chances of having brilliant people more numerous because they're going to be scarce in any group of population so therefore increase the chances and so go back biblically god says you know go forward prosper and multiply i mean these are just fun these are the principles that work when you judge it and the, biblically, it's the same thing. How do you judge whether an idea is good or bad? Well, what does it produce? What's the fruit of the tree? And if it, if, you know, if it's poison, well, the ideas are probably bad, and it shouldn't be hard to figure that out. So, therefore, all these ideas that have been architected and cleverly designed, because they if they have some semblance of truth and they are simplified ideas, you know. So, therefore, social justice. We're all racist. Well, you know, the fundamental aspect of human beings superseding race consciousness probably takes just the natural melding of people together because opposites will attract. But once you sharpen these differences and say, you know, you erase the Civil War, you erase Abraham Lincoln's attempt to say all are created equal, you erase the fact that, you know, Great Britain, we, we, Great Britain and the United States renounced slavery. These are achievements in human development that should be celebrated instead of blaming us for being slaveholders then you say well so therefore we're going to white supremacy now you're attacking white people 
All you've done is reinforce hatred of race by pursuing social justice. And that that's, again, another evil outcome because it will result in negative consequences. That always, if you judge these things by do they work or don't they work, you've got a good litmus test as to whether the idea is probably true or false or constructed to destroy you. And you've got to get around your mind that there are a lot of these ideas were fundamentally rooted in self-loathing and were intended to destroy people. And so therefore, that's why I say the best thing you know you can do for Klaus Schwab is kill yourself today because you prevent us from having to support you all this time until you die and then have to dispose of you ourselves somehow or other, which is going to be costly and we don't want to bother with it. If you just do us the great service of killing yourself now, we would greatly appreciate it. That's basically what their fundamental ideas come down to. And when you see that, you realize that we are in an age of disinformation constructed to reduce the number of human beings on the face of the earth. That's their goal. Yeah, the education system is designed to prevent critical thinking. It's designed to it teaches conformity, indoctrination. We mentioned before in a previous episode, Joe Posma, that it's actually premised on the, the German system. The Germanic uh, system was to train people from a very early age to be obedient, uh, effectively to follow commands. And I think, you know, Rockefeller, who did so much work to set up the, uh, U- the U.S. education system, known infamously for what he did to the medical institutions with the allopathic medicine, the destruction of alternative medicine. Um, these people, they have their fingers in every pie. They seem to corrupt and devalue things that were built up over thousands of years. I mean, I I think the big, the big thing for me, the big win for me, and I think the mistake they made was during the lockdown period where people had a lot of free, free time and critical thinkers were actually doing re- research, looking online and realizing that allopathic medicine, the, the big pharma was lying to us. They had the market, the whole market uh, principle is they, they want customers, not cures. And that resonates with a lot of people, isn't it, Jerome? The idea that um, we're always in their kind of in their, in their grasp. They want control. They want control because they cannot survive challenge. Their ideas are fundamentally wrong and false. And the only way they can impose them is if they have control. So obedience, political correctness, cancel culture, uh, the censorship where the universities come to, you know, you can close down every university in America and probably be more better off, better off. Because again, they're only producing indoctrination right now. They are not producing students who are fundamentally educated in you know the reading writing and arithmetic they don't they're not teaching these things anymore you can california schools i think you can get you can fail reading and still get a high school degree i mean it's coming down to that point because again uneducated people are easier to control and certainly and your point about money a big pharmacy demonized hydroxychloroquine during the pandemic even though Fauci himself had written articles about how chloroquine is a is positive against these SARS type viruses. And Dr. Zelenko, I worked with very closely before he passed away from cancer, understood that, you know, that the hydroxychloroquine was an isophore that opened the cell so the zinc could get into the cell and it could basically combat the virus. It was that simple. These things didn't cost very much money. But yet the government demonized them. And finally, we have to have a, you know, the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, Fifth Circuit recently passed a, 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 made a decision that the FDA was wrong to tell scientists to demonize hydroxychloroquine because the FDA was 
usurping its authority. It's not supposed to forbid a doctor from using off-label prescriptions for what the doctor thinks will solve a, pro- a patient's problem. But today, medicine is controlled by the computer. It's controlled by big pharmaceutical groups influencing medical groups. So these doctors will lose their license if they don't follow the rules. And the rules are all aimed to get people to take drugs, vaccines, which may actually make them sicker. Because the industry is not there to cure people today. It's there to sell drugs. And once that's realized, again, killing people is okay with these um, monsters because they don't really value people. Once you eliminate spirituality, once you eliminate a concept of God, human beings turn very bestial. They turn really, very... It, Go ahead. It really reminds me of that phrase, you know, uh, about the God of Mammon, right? That uh, the God yes. of this world, at least to these people, is money, not other people. Like, it's just money at all costs. And you're right. Other people are just seen as a means to an end. And if it means that, yeah, babies get um, Down syndrome or uh, and autism and uh, and get killed and and people get lifelong disability. Well, that's fine. Well, and, and you can make money off that too. So that's actually great, right? Uh, you can make money off their body parts. I mean, why we don't need the baby, we need the body parts. Yeah, exactly. Jerome, Jerome, I want to um, relate into the final couple of minutes of the show now, and I want to uh, make sure that we provide good links for uh, for people to follow up for information to to, to research what you do and because you've written so many books and have wonderful resources and I, i've been on your website drjeromecorsi.com and i i urge people to go and look at that um, the, the better one is tr- the truthcentral.com that's where i'm dot, really yeah. focused uh, the truthcentral.com dot that's where i'm doing podcasts and i'm shortly going to do a Substack, and I've got tremendous amounts of research. I, I'm thinking of uploading onto this uh, Substack, uh, taking all my files and putting them up there. I've got research papers that are no longer available on the internet. I mean, I I read vastly and in many different subjects, and so therefore, you know, uh, thetruthcentral.com, and this current book, which is the truth about ne- about neo Marxism, cultural Maoism, and anarchy. It's the second in what I'm calling a Great Awakening series. The first was the truth about energy, global warming, and climate change. And the third one, which I have yet to write, will be the truth about transhumanism, artificial intelligence, and perpetual life extension. So, I mean, I hope to get time to start writing that in 2024. Yeah, in our previous break, you you did mention about the JFK assassinations, and and we have done that as a running theme on our show, and uh, a wonderful debate to have. Again, you you mentioned something there that I think is going to be a wonderful opportunity. Yeah, I I have a new book on that. Another month. I'll have a new book out on that, on JFK, probably in January, it looks like right now. I'm copy editing it right now with Dr. David Mantic, who is a radiation oncologist. I think the book is going to be startling. Yeah, Dr. Jerome Corsi, we, we really want to pencil you in, hopefully in January, in the new year, to get you in to talk about that. Um, you know, you're a wonderful um, source of knowledge. You're wonderful uh, to talk to. You're very um, compelling in your arguments. And uh, it, it's just, the hour's just flown by. So um, on behalf of me and Joe Posner, it's a great pleasure to have you back on Sky Dragon Slang. And uh, Dr. Jerome Corsi, um, you know, again, keep up with the great work. Uh, this is Sky Dragon Slang. This is TNT Radio. Thank you for listening.